should have gone for the head. Welcome back to the I Have Never podcast, guys. We're here for episode, I believe it's 16 now. I think it's 16. I don't know. You're better at math than me. We're 16 episodes in, and we're going to be talking about Avengers Infinity War this time. Um, We'll be talking about Thanos. Good old Thanos. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do him like this. Uh, This movie is great, though. This is my favorite Marvel movie. It's also a movie where you get to see pretty much all the Avengers shine, uh, except one. One of them gets his shit pushed in in the very beginning and never comes back. And that is the Hulk. The movie literally opens with Thanos having the Power Stone and beating the absolute shit out of the Hulk. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. And that, dude, ah, this fucking movie. So, because I watched I watched all of them very recently. Yes. Order. You, you, you streamed and watched this every movie, single one. This movie starts right where the last movie ends. The last movie is uh, Thor Ragnarok. Yep. And Thor Ragnarok has a lot of Thor and Hulk in it. And the end of that movie, they're like transferring all the people of Asgard and they're all in this fucking spaceship and Loki, Thor and the Hulk are all in there. And then as that movie ends, you see uh, Thanos' ship like looming over it. This movie starts with Thanos in the ship, everybody dead. Yes. Just like, like off screen, everyone has been bodied. Yeah, and then Hulk and uh, Hulk and Thor are trying to, you know, put in some work. But yeah, so it's really cool because at first uh, Thanos is torturing Thor with the Power Stone and basically saying, like, you know, if you don't tell me where the was it the Space Stone is, um, I'm going to kill him. And you can see Thor's like his temple pressed against the Power Stone is starting to like crack, like he's starting to literally crack. I don't know if that's like a thing with the gods or whatever, but he's starting to die. And Loki comes in. Pulls his little, you know, he always has a quip for everything, a little smart remark. And he says, oh, but we have a Hulk or something, you know, that type of line. Like he gives that whole thing. And the Hulk comes out of nowhere. And I'm not going to lie. When a Hulk first comes in, the Hulk starts hitting Thanos really hard, fucking him up. It looks it looks good for the Hulk. Like, I'm not going to lie. It looked it looked looked real. He had us in the first half. (laughs) He he had us in the first half. Right. And then uh, one of Thanos' subordinates, I forget the big stupid looking one with the axe thing but he uh, he starts to move forward like he's about to help and ebony mall because i do know ebony mall's name i put respect on his name ebony mall puts his hand on and says let him have his fun and you knew right there if you had ever seen any <laughs> anything you knew right there when he said let him have his fun that shit was about to go south like you knew shit was about to go south right there and then there was grabs hulk's hands mind you I always talk about this scene with a lot of my friends and how the coolest part to me is that Thanos beat the Hulk with just Thanos' own strength. Like a lot of people speculated that he was using the Power Stone to beat the Hulk, but he actually isn't because in the MCU, the when the stones are being used, it shows them glowing. But like the Power Stone was not glowing when he started to beat the shit out of the Hulk. Like the Power Stone no, is just, was not. The Power Stone was just uh dormant. And he just slowly moved the Hulk's hands from around his body and pieced him up 
countered everything he did. It looked really painful. I, I think at one point he hit the Hulk in the, in the throat, and I was like, oh my god, like what is happening? Like why is Thanos? Why is Thanos an expert uh, martial artist? He's not not okay. No, he's not. He's so not he beats, okay. He beats the Hulk. He's Diesel so as fuck. Not only is he an expert martial artist, he's Diesel as fuck with that little fucking twin blade he loses uses later on. Yeah, that big ass like hulking twin sword. Oh man, I, I love I love Thanos. So I, I'm just gonna start this podcast off and let you guys know right now. Uh, one, I'm Thanos, and two, I love Thanos. So I'm on the side mm. of Thanos. Uh, mm. I I was on the side of Thanos ever since I saw Infinity War, and I don't, even after Endgame, I still I'm a Thanos sympathizer. But we're gonna strictly talk about Infinity War in this podcast. But who who are you, Kenny? Who are you? Um, who are you? Because I'm let Thanos. Me, let me be. Uh... I feel like I feel like me and Star Lord get would get along. Okay, all right. So you fucked it up for everybody. He look, man. You I like s- to fuck it up for everybody. He's a he's a good dude. He's a good you dude. Know? I like him. I like him. Guardians in the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie. It just starts off with him listening to his fucking cassette player, and he's just, I love he's just the music for the Guardians of the Galaxy. Can I just say that I could actually it's see so you in Star Lord. You that's what I'm Star-Lord. saying. I, yeah. I do truly think like if out of all of the entire cast, like the character that would i'd be closest representative of would be star lord yeah and it's funny because after the scene where you know the hulk gets the shit beat out of him and loki gets killed for real the hulk gets sent to new york and after that thanos gets you know he gets a stone he leaves so now he has the power stone and the space stone and right after that is the scene with the guardians of the galaxy and they start playing one of the coolest songs that i actually downloaded to my playlist rubber band man by the gap band i believe it's called and it's like do 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 hey y'all prepare yourself for the rubber band man and you see them all dancing and everything in the ship i love that part i love it's it so good dude it's I really like, good i really like the direction of guardians of the galaxy like what they do in the first the second one in the representation in the avengers movies mm-hmm. um they're really fun whenever you see them on screen yeah no, I, I genuinely do enjoy the characters in the Guardians of the Galaxy. I won't lie. The first time I watched both of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, I fell asleep on both of them. And then I had Dang. to go back. But, you know, after I went back, I was like, okay, these movies aren't they aren't so bad. Like I actually I actually like them. But Yeah, they're um I actually like them a lot. I have uh in my Marvel and my MCU tier list, I have them pretty high up. Yeah. No, I like them a lot. I mean, they're also relatively recent compared to a lot of the movies that tie into this arc of the Avengers ending and everything. So it makes sense that over time, those movies will probably be better than a lot of the earlier ones, just off the basis of like technology getting better, writing getting better, hopefully that, that type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. No, they are. Uh, they're pretty good. This movie was insane. They, um, this, I mean, we already said it, but this is definitely the best. I think the best Marvel movie they did. Yeah, I don't. I don't think any other Marvel movie tops this one overall. There's there's things from the other Marvel movies that I do like, and I don't want to because a lot of, a lot of it is uh, the things that will compete with this are really an Endgame for me and Winter Soldier. I like Winter Soldier a lot. Winter Soldier is fucking insane. I really so quick want to just say that Winter Soldier is a clear mark. I, you have to give. I think. The two most important like caveats or whatever you want to call it of Mar- of the Marvel Universe history, or three really, would be the very first Iron Man movie, because that starts it all, right? The very yeah. first Iron Man movie kind of creates the the train. It gets the ball ball rolling for the rest of the MCU to even become created. So even though the first Iron Man movie isn't the greatest movie, it still was good enough to really get everything rolling. 
Then you got some movies in there. When Winter Soldier hits, I think is a clear turn. All the movies after Winter Soldier aren't as good as Winter Soldier, but they're all infinitely better <laughs> yeah. than the movies before Winter Soldier. Yes, I agree with like, that. There's a line that starts with Winter Soldier. Yeah, something happened with crazy. the quality of Marvel movies, I feel like, with Winter Soldier. that It's, it's very clear. Yeah, and then the third big mark would be Infinity War and Endgame, yes. um, obviously. But yeah, Winter Soldier, I think, is a very important in the Marvel Universe, Marvel Cinematic Universe history because something just changed. They got on the fucking ball, and their movies got so much better. Yep. So so now we're in New York, and you have Tony Stark, the Hulk, Doctor Strange, and what's the one guy who's like Doctor Strange is? He's, I'm not going to call him his assistant. Was it Wang? The fat dude? Yeah. I don't remember his name, and I'm not going to say a name because no matter what name I say, if it's wrong, I'm racist. All right, so give me a second. I'm going to Google his name, <laughs> right? Because he has a very he has a very Asian name. Okay, so I said get Wang. It wrong, it's Wong. <laughs> Wong, right? So, so you said Wang, right? <laughs> like, like what if I said Chang? You know, like yeah, no, I we're Chong. Like we're fine. I knew I was do. close. I was one letter <laughs> off. So forgive me. Um, but Wong, so they're all kind of chatting. You know, the Hulk is talking about Thanos is coming. And they're like, what the fuck? What, like, what is going on? And there's a moment where Tony Stark wants to call for help from like Captain America and those guys. But this is this movie's also after Civil War. Mm-hmm. So they're still kind of like in this awkward moment where the Avengers aren't really assembled. They're kind of all doing their own thing there's a there's a separation between them at this point and they go like immediately so the action never stops in infinity war immediately after he contemplates this they go outside and there's an attack happening and ebony mall and that fucking thing have already arrived on earth and they start they're just starting shit already and you get a really cool scene between dr strange and ebony mall two sorcerers i was genuinely surprised at how quickly ebony dealt with Doctor Strange because I know Doctor Strange is like the Sorcerer Supreme. I know he's supposed to be like a really, really powerful guy in MCU. But I don't really know much about Ebony Maul because I never read the comics. I only know him from the MCU. So when I'm seeing him body Doctor Strange the way he did, <laughs> I mean like you remember that it wasn't close. Like the the magic he he called his stuff parlor tricks. Yeah. Like he, he called it he was he said you'd be great at a at a child's birthday party or something like that like he, he made some very condescending remarks towards dr strange's magic and <laughs> it was really cool even when the uh, the other big guy got knocked almost towards ebony mall he just kind of waved his hand and like slammed him into a car like he he's just that calm cocky calculated villain that i love the, the super calm and calculated smart mouth i love those villains like those are my yeah. favorite type of villains the ones who are just really cocky but they can also back he's it up. up i can't believe you remember i do not remember his name Oh, I only know that because I just watched the movie before this podcast. So don't, yeah, don't like, yeah, don't give me credit because I didn't know his, I didn't know his name before two hours and forty minutes before this podcast aired. Like Damn. literally, yeah, I, I definitely, it. I had yeah. to use contact clues to figure out, and then I was able to figure it out. Well, the he only reason I really wanted to know his name is because I actually really like his character. I when I first watched Infinity War, I thought one of the coolest things was the opening and just seeing how. I think at one point Thor tried to speak and he said something like you talk too much. And he just kind of put a, like he gagged him with metal. Like he put metal over his <laughs> mouth and he like wrapped his body up and in, in metal and kind of like held him down because Thor was just ranting too much. I just, I just really love uh, his sorcery, his cockiness. And 
he has that kind of evil feel, but he's also a big suck up to Thanos. He was there's a part in the movie where he says something like, "In all my years, I've never failed to deliver to Thanos, and if yep. I did, I would face judgment." Like he's very clearly a suck up that type of villain, but I still like him. I mean, to be fair, as you know, it is Thanos. What, I mean, what choice does he fucking have? Yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, like you can't be mad. See, it's one thing with someone sucking up to like a mid boss, like some some random mid range boss that's not even like the real deal but thanos is the real fucking deal so if you have to suck up to anybody like damn it let it be thanos right he's all the way the real deal yeah like all like he straight up was throwing hands with the hulk yes like, I throwing mean, hands with him. he beat though i cannot stress enough that he beat the shit out of the hulk the hulk never comes out for the rest of infinity war like <laughs> there is no moment in infinity war I just watched it. It's two hours and 40 minutes long. And after the first 10 minutes, the Hulk never comes back out. They, they, he really does put his ass down. Yeah, he puts and it down. He does incredible things throughout the whole movie. I know this is jumping ahead, but there's the part where they're on the planet. I think the name of the planet's Titan. It is Titan. And it's, it's just it's Thanos versus Iron Man, Spider Man, Star Lord. Um, he Doctor just jumped everybody. Yeah. He like, he's just fighting the and the Guardians of the Galaxy. And. And he's just like by himself. Yes, and he's he's. We're going to talk about that later, though. Give me a second, because I'm let's. I'm going to work through this. We're going to work yeah, through yeah. the script. We're going to work through. I want to get to that part because I the part you're talking about is one of my favorite parts, and probably one of the reasons why this movie is rated so high for me is that particular scene where he fucking throws a moon at them. I I cannot deal with that because Thanos is basically planetary. Like (laughs) people always talk about power scaling and, Oh, this character's not planetary. This character's mountain level. This character's city level and all that stuff. But like Thanos is straight up planetary. Like, I mean, he's, he's already like, he's already like his role in the Marvel cinematic universe is basically Frieza. Like he, yes, no, he, he flies around the galaxy. It's genocide. Taking over uh, planets and then killing half of its population. Yeah, <laughs> he just random random genocide. So while we're on the topic of uh, Ebony Mall coming to Earth and attacking New York City to try to get the Time Stone, I, yeah, they want the Time Stone from Doctor Strange. And uh, Iron Man shows off his cool new ass suit, the Nano Suit, and it starts to grow out of his body. Like it, it just the suit starts to grow out of his skin. It looks really insane. They do like a close up of it coming out. And it's like the living metal that I've heard about in the comics. He has these cool new weapons that come off his back and they start firing and everything. It's really cool. He has some really cool shit going on. And then you see Peter Parker on a bus trip with his friends and he's his, his skin starts to stand like his, his hair starts to stand up on his, uh, his arm. And he realizes, yeah, the spidey sense comes in. So he gets into the fray. He comes and starts helping and he actually holds back the one really big dude tries to swing at uh i think he tries to swing at tony and he he kind of grabs it and i realized like holy shit spider-man is strong as hell like he stops the fucking the the clear diesel dummy type character you know the guy that's just strong but probably not that smart he stops him with his bare hands and i thought that was like insane to me because spider-man is so much smaller than this guy but he's actually able to hold him back it just kind of spider-man's crazy strong it's something that i think a lot of people forget about peter parker just because it's not an aspect of his character that he really shows off, but Peter Parker is strong as fuck. Yeah, he really is. But yeah, so they they pretty much body Doctor Strange, and they do kidnap him. They suck him up in a ship. Ebony Maul gets him. 
runs away. Uh, Peter Parker flies up with him into they're like leaving the Earth, so he starts to lose his. Yeah, air. they're on that that crazy spaceship thing. Yeah, that looks like a big ass wheel. It's really cool looking. And Tony Stark is flying up there, and he sees Peter. And he's like, "You got to come back." So he sends him a new suit that allows him to. It seems like it allows him to breathe in space. Um, but he tells him to like go home, kid. But obviously, Peter doesn't do that. And then after that, we kind of get into like Wanda and Vision, and this. This part kind of bothered me. I'm not going to lie. Because Wanda is considered one of the strongest characters in the MCU. Like, she is... And, and I think in the comics in general, Wanda... I know people have still around the feet where she literally wiped out all but, like, 10 mutants. Like, at one point, she was like, all mutants have to go. And every single mutant on the entire planet, besides maybe 10 of them, literally ceased to exist. Like, she's really powerful. She has some really crazy feats. In MCU... A lot of times I get the vibe from you ever see the 90s X-Men cartoon with Jean Grey and how yeah. every time she used her power, she would start to like kind of faint. She would just kind of always be like, oh, it's too much. Oh, I'm, I'm losing my energy. Like, <laughs> yeah, she gives me very that vibe. So when her and Vision get attacked by two more of Thanos's subordinates, uh, her and Vision are just kind of getting their ass beat. And it really kind of bothers me because. I feel like both of those characters are supposed to be really strong, but they just don't... It doesn't really show until later in the movie. Not only are they both really strong, because I agree with you, something that frustrates me is that they're... These two are really, really strong. They got some broken powers, like really haxy powers. Like, yes, they, they're both hacks as fuck. And, she, like, these are two subordinates of Thanos. Yeah, they're they're really strong, but one of these guys has an Infinity Stone in his fucking head. Like, Vision's brain... His head is the Mind Stone. Like his, he's powered by an Infinity Stone. So I just think it's a little ridiculous. Yeah, that he's struggling. Like not only that, not only is his head an Infinity Stone, he's also a like a pseudo creation of fucking Tony Stark, Bruce Banner, two of the smartest people in the universe, and a little bit of Ultron. So like he is absolutely ridiculous yeah like he it should be make ridiculous in all like, situations his brain is like super terra mega ultra computer level like there's not a computer on the planet that could, you know what i mean like he yeah. is so next level i like, expect a lot from him because yes. of all the reasons that you're naming i expect a lot from vision and honestly he never delivers for me and so now when i see that character i don't think anything i'm not impressed by vision like i've never really been impressed by vision and i i feel like the mcu kind of failed him as a character because I feel like he should be a lot cooler and he's just not a lot of times he's, he's getting hit by stuff that I'm like, damn, how'd you get hit by that? Or like how, you know, you could phase through things and stuff like, like, I don't know. He's just not very impressive. It's one of those things where unfortunately you got to like, it's one of those things where you just look at and you go, ah, it was kind of dumb. It's like when I watch the flash and it's like, this is the fastest man alive. He can run, he can run so fast. He goes back in time. Yep. But sometimes he'll turn around to react to a bad guy. And then when he turns back around, like a guy got away it's like that guy didn't go get away like, yeah just because you don't you're the flash fucking run run a grid in the city you'll find yeah yeah, yeah. like you like literally... that guy's around the corner you're the flash <laughs> <laughs> like like yo you know what's funny so we we had our attack on titan episode last week and uh we were talking about how that one scene where zeke transforms all of levi's soldiers into titans and then he starts <laughs> running away and he's going nowhere fast, mind you. Like, literally, Levi is staring at this man run slow as shit away. Like, he's running so slow. And the run that Zeke is doing looks stupid as fuck. 
And Levi's just staring at him like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> it kind of reminds me of, like, if someone tried to run from the Flash, like a human, yeah, the same vibes. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, where are you going? Like, what are you doing? How are you getting? And so that's something that just happens. Like, yeah. and I feel like that with Vision. It's like, how are you not just handling this? And even like, if they want to nerf be Vision, this. I feel like Wanda, especially in situations where their lives are on the line and Vision's being attacked, which he was, he got stabbed in the back in Infinity War. Like one of those guys, like yeah. fucking javelin him through the back. I feel like in situations like that where her anger should be really high or at least her protective, you know, whatever protective nature she has for Vision because she loves him. I feel like that should make her powers come out full throttle or something, but it doesn't. And when they're fighting these guys, she's kind of just like useless. And then the saving grace is that this is where Captain America, Black Widow and Falcon come in and they kind of help to alleviate the situation. But uh, I guess that they were, this scene was pretty much used to bring in the, the other half of the Avengers because they're needed. And uh, I get it as far as bringing in Captain America and everybody, but it's just kind of annoying that, In that scene, it looked like they were going to lose if that didn't happen. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I guess you could argue it shows how strong Thanos' soldiers are. But yes, because ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not really that big of a blemish on the movie. It's just like a blemish on Vision, I guess. Yeah, I just just want Vision to have a moment. And he he never does, honestly. Mm. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of times when he does, but I, I really can't. For me, the best Vision moment is in Age of Ultron, which is where he gets created. But yeah. Age of Ultron, I'm, from what I've heard, a lot of people don't like that movie. I actually fucking love that movie. We can talk about that maybe later at another time. But at the end of the movie, there's a part where Ultron and Vision have like this philosophical conversation. And it's it's a really, really cool moment. But other than that... Every single Marvel movie will have something about it that is good. I am one of the people who avidly hates Age of Ultron. Oh, I am, a, I am a huge... I do not like that movie. All right, well, we should save that topic. Because yes. we, could, we could do... We could do a whole discussion where we talk about that because I yes. like Age of Ultron. Yeah. But for today, we'll stick to Infinity War. Yeah. So that's that's an interesting. But I'm with that. I'm I, with that. Yes, I do not like Age of Ultron, but I do think there are obviously it, the movie is fucking two hours and thirty minutes. There are parts in the movie that are good to me, but overall, I just don't like it. But yeah, yeah we can. So we're going to shelf that. That's definitely going to be a conversation we're going to have. Yes. Yes. Um, that'll be cool. Um, um, but anyway, back to so, what we're talking about. So yeah, so I think after this, they have the part where. Thanos goes to get the reality stone and they don't actually show him get it. But then the guardians of the galaxy kind of arrive on the same planet, the, the collector's oh, planet, man, whatever that this is. Shit is fucking <laughs> wild. It's so crazy <laughs> because when they get there uh, at one point, they make you believe that Gamora actually kills him, right? Like it looks like she gets a good hit on him and he dies. And if I watched this movie in the theater I'm hoping that most people also had that experience where you're kind of, you know, that he didn't die this early in. I mean, you're literally less than 40 minutes into the movie. There's no way fucking Thanos died this early. But I'm also thinking, well, we didn't see him get the reality stone yet. So does he already have it? And then lo and behold, he comes out and says reality is often disappointing. And I just <laughs> love how the background, the background of the like that that area they're in starts to literally dissipate and you can see it's been it's on fire it's destroyed <laughs> he fucking ransacked it like the whole planet or whatever it is like it's just destroyed all around them is just destruction and fire and he already has it it's to the point where he's about to kidnap gamora yep. and it was a whole conversation about if thanos ever 
comes for me, you have to you have to kill you me. You have to kill because, me. She was saying that the Star Lord. Because this information that I have in my head that he's going to need, basically it's just the location of the soul stone, but you don't know that at the time. But she's saying like there's information that he's going to need. So you have to kill me when it when a time comes. And you gotta promise that to me. And you know, he obviously he does in the moment, but when it comes down to it, she's right there. Thanos almost has her, and he has his gun pointed towards you know Thanos and Gamora, but he can't do it. And Thanos even says, "You expect too much of this kid." Like basically, like he he can't do what's necessary, which is so cool because the whole character of Thanos is based on doing what is necessary, no matter what it is. Right? That's like his biggest yeah. defining. That's his defining characteristic in MCU. This is not comic book Thanos, but this is like the MCU Thanos. He's all about being the person that will do the unthinkable to accomplish a goal that he believes is of the greater good, which is one of the reasons why I do like him so much in MCU. I, I, I think Thanos is so well written. The I guess the only thing I don't like, and it's not about Thanos, it's more so about the way the writers made the Infinity Stones in MCU. So his whole thing is, I want to balance the universe and cut half the population. And the reason he's doing that is because resources are finite. And people are starving. There's not enough to go around. His planet suffered from this. He saw it. So he proposed an idea to his own planet of random genocide, as he calls it. And it would be, he calls it mercy. Now, I don't understand why the Infinity Stones can wipe out half of the universe's population with a snap, but they can't create more resources for people to have. And I, I, I'm, this is not a hot take. A lot of people have said this. Like I've seen this everywhere. I thought yeah. about it. A million other people probably have, have said the same thing online. But why the fuck do the Infinity Stones just not have the ability to create more resources but they can take life that easy? I, I think that there's no reason why they can't create resources. I'm sure they can. I just don't think that's in... like Because Thanos, he's a very driven person. He's had this plan since he's watched his planet get destroyed. Right, because before when when this was happening to his planet, he didn't have access to the, to the Infinity Stones, and he was like, "Look, it'll be fair. Like, we won't just do criminals, we won't just do the rich. Like, it'll just be random. Yep, and we'll wipe out half the population." And I think he's been so scarred and jaded through all through watching his planet fall, and then watching what happened to the entire universe. By the time the Infinity Stones come into play for him, become like his plan is already his plan. And so when the Infinity Stones become a thing, when when he when they become a thing, he can obtain they become a means to enact his plan. And I don't think he either A, doesn't put much thought into creating more resources, or B, he's already decided that like that's not the path he's going on. I think they for sure can create more, but I think Thanos, he's already been set on this plan for the last 30 years or whatever. This is already his dream. I guess my problem with that, though, is no one has to die. You can double the resources. So there's there's two ways. You can cut the population in half, or you can double the resources and no one has to die i just feel it's yeah. strange to jump to genocide over duplicating resources that i mean the reality but stone the thing alone, is he was already genocidal before he was he got the stones he was and so the stones just became a new weapon for him but here's the other thing danos is also a genius he's one of the smartest people in, in marvel and i i don't want to nerf him by saying that he didn't think of just doubling the resources because that almost seems uh, unfair to him, I will say. Well, yeah, I, I'm not saying like in a stupid way. I'm not saying like he's too like uh, he didn't think of it that way. Yeah. It's more so that his drive and ambition for so many years before the stones came into play was already this. So when 
he found out about the stones. It's like if he finds out about a genie and a lamp, his drive and ambition for so long has already been this. It's like the, now when he gets the genie and the lamp, he's like, okay, wipe out half the population. It's like more so that's already what's in yeah. his heart. And I, it, it's hard. It's probably hard to give up because that's at this point, it's become his dream. He's already given up so much for this. He's already killed so many people that it, it probably is too hard for him to let go of that dream. It's scary to me to think of him that way. I'm going to be honest because that, that means that he is not willing to change after new information has been presented. So let's say what you're basically going at is he was already genocidal before knowing about the Infinity Stones or before acquiring the Infinity Stones. Yes. But once you understand the Infinity Stones and how powerful they are, they can do all of these amazing things, right? Why do you not say, well, I have this much power. I can now, instead of doing the plan that I originally had, everyone can still live. I can even fucking bring people back to life if I wanted to. But everyone can now live and I can just create more resources so that that way there still no no hungry children you know people don't have to steal for things anymore i mean people will always but that's not the point yeah like, people are not they, they don't they won't want for anything because of the power that i have to create these resources um that are no longer finite his whole thing was resources are finite everything is finite and the infinity stones literally their word infinity is in their name makes it where finite isn't really a thing I think there's another philosophical argument in addition to that. I think that also he's like I said, he's already been jaded, right? He watched the collection of I'm going to call it humanity. But when I say humanity, I mean all intelligent life in the universe. Yes. So he watched humanity already, in his opinion, make the wrong choice. He He's seeing as year after year, there is more and more humanity. We continue to give birth. We continue to have more. And if he had just granted all of humanity the gift of double the resources, they wouldn't learn a lesson. Because they okay, didn't work fair. for anything. Nothing I'm bad more, happened. I like that more. And now they have double the resources and they haven't learned anything. Whereas if he wipes out half of all of humanity in the universe, they've now been taught a lesson. I will say this too, though. So I thought about the whole genocide, half the population randomly. Um, eventually, there will be this problem again, though, right? And we're all aware that that is what will happen over time. So yeah, my question becomes... Are you prepared to do this again as some, I mean, he probably won't be alive when it happens again. Cause I assume it will take several, I don't know, thousands yeah, of years or something like that. Very time long time. Inconceivable to us humans. Yes. But the idea that I'm saying is this is a temporary fix. It's not. And I, I guess that's my other problem with his plan to cut the population in half is that it's not a permanent fix on the issue. It's kind of just a, a bandaid solution. Because at the end of the day, yeah, that, at some point, that's why I think it's also the lesson. You know, who knows where we don't get the full explanation of this whole yeah. thought process. But that's why I think maybe there's that lesson as well. Like now you got, like now you know, now you know what needs to be done, and yeah. and as you guys prosper, you know, fucking, you'll as you guys prosper and have all these extra resources in the future, you know, remember this and blah blah blah. Yeah, it's really interesting. Uh, so back to what we originally were saying about. Star-Lord not being able to kill Gamora. Uh, he eventually does pull the trigger, though, and it's Bubbles, because Thanos has the fucking reality stone. And yeah. he's but just... that, that part's cool, because Thanos is like, you know, I like this kid. Yeah, He, he actually, actually does pull through. Yeah, he does. He likes that he pulled the trigger, even though nothing happens. And I think that the Guardians of the Galaxy at one point tried to attack Thanos, too, and he just turned them into fucking nothing. Like, he just... They just became <laughs> Legos. Like, they just all turned to Legos. They just all dropped and became blocks of Legos. And I was like, that's... Honestly... 
his power scaling is a bit inconsistent in the movie after seeing that scene so early because the reality stone is wild, bro. Like the after reality- you get the stones, after you have the stones, one stone is already too much. At that, when, once you have three stones, bro, you're already the reality stone. You immediately can turn someone into Legos. <laughs> he turned a gun into into bubbles. It was shot bubbles. Yeah. Now, see, here's what I wonder though, because I agree with the you saying it seems inconsistent. I, through watching the movie, I started to get the feeling that the reality stone isn't actually warping reality. It's more just like doing genjutsus. Like it felt like, mm. like it just felt like it was doing genjutsus because it didn't seem like it was really um, warping reality. It just seemed like it was warping your perception of reality. Now, I don't know if that's true because it doesn't seem clear and it, it I think my only like... argument against that would be when he did pull the trigger on that blaster, and we've seen him use that blaster before. Yeah, I, like it did not fire, and he no, did it pull... didn't. But but I think it's it's like a t- like that could have happened. Like you know, Naruto throws a kunai, and then like when it gets to Itachi, it's a cat. It's like what the fuck? You know what I mean? Like <laughs> <laughs> it's like that was definitely a kunai, right? Not a cat. Like, no, it's a cat. Like, <laughs> Yeah, well, you I know mean, what I mean. Like I, I do, that- I do get what you're saying. Um, and I, honestly, I'm not going to lie. I have thought about that too. Like, what if the reality stone, and at least in MCU, it's not actually changing what is into something else. It's just warping people's perception. But I feel like we have enough evidence to say otherwise. I just feel like his battle uh, on Titan with Doctor Strange using actual magic and then like it not yeah. work it not work and doc you know doctor strange is powerful as fuck but that shit Thanos, Thanos <laughs> the reality stone was just like this is all bullshit <laughs> and, and then when he, when he turned them into legos and they when he leaves right so he he does take a more he used the space stone a lot to teleport away which I, I, that stone is also crazy but he uses the space stone he leaves and when he leaves the people who he turned into nothing their bodies start to like pick back up so you could argue like in your you know you could argue that they weren't actually diced up into little pieces they just felt like they were and then when he left it kind of wore off and then they you know they realized they were just regular and they kind of stepped back up but um yeah it, it, it is an interesting thought that the reality stone may not be doing that i guess for me because it's an infinity stone and because of how powerful so let's be clear we, we already mentioned that he did throw a moon at <laughs> at people i mean the space he threw a fucking moon at them i'm gonna i'm just gonna say that like these stones are powerful as fuck and and if it's warping reality i'm not surprised at all like you know what i mean like i'm not i just wonder what it's do because like you said when he left they went back to normal so i I just wonder what the full effects of it is yes and i will say this too thanos i noticed because when i was looking at um people's reviews and things like that of infinity war over the last couple years, they say how he didn't kill certain people when he could have, right? Like he left people be like, he just didn't kill. There were, there were moments when he could just kill someone. Like he could have killed Thor, for example, for no, like he just, he could have just killed Thor. He could have just straight up killed him. He could have killed star Lord, the whole guardians of the galaxy, but he just chooses not to, he does kill people like Loki. And it's kind of because Loki does a couple things wrong. One Loki does try to kill him. He tries to pluck a knife and stab him. And then Loki also says, you'll never be a god. And at that moment when he says that, you know, Thanos snaps his neck. It's kind of like a spite kill, like, you know, a, a petty yeah. kill. I don't really need to kill I just you. killed a god, like, fuck Yes. 
Yeah, exactly. And it almost is Daniel saying, at least in my head, when he says, you'll never be a god, it's like, I don't want to be, because look at how easily you die. And he snaps his yeah. neck with like a thumb. Like, why would I want to be that? Like, you literally died to me just now. And he said, no more coming back now. Thanos <laughs> yeah. has some great one-liners in this movie. I actually love... He does. This movie has a lot of good one-liners. And I actually did write in my notes the one where he says, I like you to Star-Lord after he fires the gun. I thought that was really cool. Um, um, yeah, I think... Uh, so you're saying that... Are you saying that people think that's a plot hole? Like, what were people saying? Yeah, people... people? Yeah, pe- I don't people agree. Have, I don't think it's a plot hole at all. I, I don't think so either, because that was never his, his his goal wasn't to just kill people. Like that's not well, I should say it like this. His goal wasn't to kill the Avengers and that be all. His goal was to acquire the Infinity Stones, snap, curb the population, cut it in half, and yeah, in his head, he's also leaving them alive. He's letting he's letting his plan like what he's letting his he's letting the plan and the stones deem. Which ones randomly get to yes. live and die? You know what I mean. Like some like, of you are going to die. Some of you are going to die. Like he doesn't need to kill you. Doesn't even want to kill you because he's going to let. Because remember, like his whole thing was that random selection or whatever. Like he didn't choose that Tony Stark got to live and Peter and Peter Parker turned the dust. He just snapped his fingers and let you know let the plan kind of did what it did. Like so, yeah. I do think that's part of his psyche, part of his mindset that he's not specifically the one trying to kill people. And he's, he doesn't even specifically have grudges or want specific people dead. He just thinks that this is, yeah, this is what he wants to do for the, for the, I like him not killing people just, just because yeah, he runs into them. Cool. Like if he killed every fucking Avenger, he ran into, there would be no that's movie. Fair. Yeah. Like, come on. That's true. There would just be no movie. He would have killed the Hulk and Thor in the very beginning. And then it would have just it would have continued on from there. You'd have been like, "What the fuck is this movie? <laughs> like, who wants to watch this? That's not what we came for. That is not what we came for." Okay, so after he gets the reality stone, they go to a part of the movie where they start talking about the idea of destroying stones to stop Thanos, and it comes up with the time stone early on in New York, where at one point uh, someone mentions. I think I think Wong says it or. Tony Stark says it. Someone says it early on in a movie. Maybe Bruce Banner. I don't know. Someone in someone in one of those four guys says something I think about it's Tony. Yeah. One of them says something about destroying the time stone. And Doctor Strange is immediately like, fuck no. That's just not on the table. We're tasked with protecting this stone. We're never going to do that. So that immediately gets taken off the table there. But then it comes up again with the mind stone. And the mind stone is inside of Vision's head. And it's like, how can we extract this without killing him? Because the cool thing about Vision is that at this point, Vision has developed his own personality, right? Like he's his own person. He's not just, you know, the Mindstone with a body attached to it. And at this point, Wanda is heavily invested in him. She doesn't want to let him go. Again, they they kind of knock this plan down. Like we're not going to do that, but we can find a way maybe to kind of get the stone out of you and then destroy it and then keep you intact, uh, which comes yeah. up later. At one point, Vision brings up that to Captain America, he brings up the fact that you've sacrificed yourself multiple times to save millions of people. How was this any different? And Tony Stark, not Tony Stark, uh, Captain America says something really cool to him, and it's, it's one of those like creed, like creeds of the Avengers, or at least at least the Captain America creed. But we don't trade lives here. Like he says like we we don't we don't do that. That's not the type of thing that we do. We're not just going to give your life up to save everybody. The goal is to save everyone, which I do. I, I kind of hate when people get so diplomatic with that type of thing. Like, oh, no one has to die. Everyone can live. 
no matter what the sacrifice is, no matter if it's one person versus the many, it's still like, no, let's try to find a way to save everyone. Like I, I have always been in everything I've ever watched, the person who's like, if one person dying can save so many more, the one person is dead for me. Like I'm, I'm good. I'm good for that. Yeah. Like, I am very, I'm very easily making that decision. But that's part of what makes Captain America such an icon. It's part of what makes him such like an ideal to live up to. Because yeah. uh, he does take on that. That's one of the things where something I think is really cool about Captain America is that, uh, you know, spoilers for Endgame, right? But, I mean, if you're here, you're here. But yeah. it's proven true, something that was hinted at in Age of Ultron, that Captain America is worthy to wield Molnir, Thor's hammer. Because um, in Endgame, like, he fucking... I'm not... I'm going to wait... We'll talk about it another time, but in Endgame, <laughs> Captain America like catches Thor's hammer and starts going ham with it, and Thor's like, "I knew it! You can hold it!" And he starts doing some crazy shit with Thor's hammer that's really sick. But enough, but something that's so cool is that in Age of Ultron, when they're doing the little drinking game and everybody's going to pick up Molnir, nobody can do it. And when Captain America does it, it moves like it moves a little bit. And you see Thor get scared. And then Captain America lets go of it and he goes, ah, man, like I can't pick it up either. And they play it off as if like it just kind of moved or whatever. But what that scene was really saying and what is basically confirmed in hindsight is that not only was he worthy to hold that hammer right there in that moment, he's like such he's like so worthy that in order to not embarrass Thor, he pretended that he couldn't wield it. Like it was just so cool because he's the kind of guy that can wield some great power like Molnir. And chooses not to. And yep. I don't know. It's, just, it's one of those really cool ideals and like that pedestal that he that you put Captain America on. Yeah, I, lo- I love that about Captain America, at least in uh, just his virtue and prudence, fortitude. He yeah, has he's all just like those... strength of spirit. Yes, he's the, the ultimate good guy, if you will. Except when it comes to his best friend killing someone's parents and then him jumping the person whose parents got killed like some grimy... New York hey, yo, we, man. We don't have to Look, talk man. about that right now because they, need, they just needed to talk it out. I still think that that is wild. Like your best friend killed my parents, and I now want to square it with your best friend. But y'all jumped me. Like y'all, <laughs> y'all jumped, y'all jumped me, and my parents died. And y'all, think y'all, <laughs> y'all think y'all are correct. Like get the fuck out of here. So all that shit I just said about Captain America goes out the window just right there. Like I'm, I'm backtracking already. Damn. No, man. No, no. He was trying to let it. He was like, we can talk about it, Tony. Listen, understand it wasn't him. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So after after they, you know, shoot down a whole idea of just moving a stone real quick out of vision, they, you know, they realize that they can go to Wakanda where there's superior technology to get it done. Then it switches over to Thanos talking to, is it Nebula or Gamora? I think it's Gamora. He's still talking to Gamora at this point. Yeah, it is Gamora. He, uh, Thanos is talking to Gamora and she's basically scolding him about his whole plan and how terrible of a person he is and how I hated that chair and the furniture here fucking sucks and you fucking sucked as a dad. I hate you, dad. And your plan is stupid. And he's like, listen, the universe is finite. It has finite resources. It needs correction. I'm the only one who realizes what needs to be done here. And he calls it a small price to pay for salvation, which is <laughs> killing half the population. He considers it a small price to pay. Um, and he explains the whole thing that we've been talking about a lot, which is 
because it's random, because it doesn't specify rich or poor, it doesn't care about who you are, your status, or anything. It is the best way to do it. And it's also a merciful way to do it because they'll just not exist. It's not going to be painful. It's not going to be, you know, no one's going to die in a crazy way. It's just kind of like you simply aren't here anymore. Yeah. And it's, it's you're talking. And so this is, this is when they're the now at the altar of the sauce. Oh no, this is when they're on the ship. They're on the ship. So okay. yeah, it's right before yeah. that though, because at this point they he gets to the altar of the soul stone. At this point, he asked her, you know, where is the soul stone? And so many words, and she doesn't want to tell him, obviously. But then he shows her Nebula's body uh, being tortured. Yeah, yeah. And that's when she's like, "Okay, it's on Vormir." You know. Then it, it kind of switches to the scene with Peter Dinklage, Tyrion from Game of Thrones. He's talking to Thor about what Thanos did. Thanos came and said, "I need, I need something that can harness the power of the stone. So you need to make it for me, and I'll spare the dwarves if you do this." And after he makes it, Thanos kills all of them anyway and leaves him alive and says. You know, your hands are mine alone. And he puts them in stone. Yeah, like, like he encases his hands. Yeah, he encases his hands, so he pretty much can't use them. And uh, leaves him as the soul. He's like, you know, your life, you, you have your life or whatever. But the rest of them, for whatever reason, I get, like Thanos just decided to kill them. Which I, I want to say is because he didn't want someone to be able to make, I don't know, an anti-Thanos weapon or something. I don't. I really don't. I really don't completely understand yeah. that. Well, they, yeah, the lore of them is that they, because they... Their like workshop was harnessing like dwarf star collapsing stars and shit. Yeah, and they were able to create dwarf. basically the strongest weapons in the universe. Yep. And so Clearly. he went to them for them to create the gauntlet. And so any other weapon, like a weapon made by these guys, would be a weapon that could challenge the gauntlet. Yeah. Um. So. Yep. So they. So they. Uh, Thor is there to get you know a new weapon, and then it switches over back to the Titan like the, the planet Titan stuff. And that's when you see Dr. Strange looking at all the possibilities of what could happen. And at that point he tells them that they pretty much lose in every possibility except one. And they ask how many did he look at? And it's like 14 million, 605. <laughs> that, that number is ridiculous. Also just as a cool note, like I really liked the way it looked when they showed him, looking at all the different realities or uh, yeah. I guess like deviations from the, the original timeline where things can go different. It looked really cool seeing him move that fast and kind of like analyzing every situation. I wish he would use that more. Yeah. It looked like, like his head was like doing after images and shit. Cause he's yeah. like flipping between timelines. Really, and- really cool CG effect on that. And him kind of floating in the air, like legs crossing and everything is really cool. I like, I like that scene a lot. I, I sometimes mimic that in real life, even though I probably look ridiculous doing it. I'm not going to lie. 100%. But I'm sure I look insane, but I do it a lot of times to say, like, yep, I saw a million possibilities and you still didn't win. Like, just stuff like that. <laughs> You're just looking at Frazier like, yeah, okay. just like, are you, you saw, you saw like, What you saw was a million chromosomes. That's what you yeah. saw. <laughs> not a million chromosomes. <laughs> but, uh, no, that part's cool. And it's cool because they say, like, you know, this is the only plan that can work. And they, they set it up in an interesting way where because they fail, right? You know that they fail. You know yes. that by the end of the movie they fail. You know that part of their failure is um due to Star Lord. Um like when they when I guess I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but when Thanos makes it back and then like Star Lord um basically they, they, messed what you think he messes the plan up, but realistically what you find out all the way in endgame is like all of this was the one outcome he saw. Yeah. Yep. Which is really cool, but they set it up where you're like, oh shit, like 
It's enough to make you think that Star Lord ruined it all for everybody. Yeah, and at least in Infinity War, you do you do feel that way. I mean, I did. I was annoyed. Yeah. One of my friends was saying that uh like we were talking about it. He was like, I fucking hate Star Lord. Like, I yeah. fucking hate him. I was like, damn. I was I was pissed. Like what even though I'm on a side of Thanos, I hate when people have such to me to me again, this is the same thing. The life of one or the life of many. I understand that Gamora, you know, being dead is like an emotional thing for you and all that stuff. But at the same time, think about what's at stake here. There are millions, billions, there's billions of lives. What am I saying? There's billions of lives, probably more because it's half the universe. I think he's balancing out, but there's so many lives at stake. And I get that Gamora was like your, your main girl, but it's kind of the same way I feel about Obito being mad about Ren dying and deciding to just go straight up terrorist. Like, how how do we get here from this person died? Like this is ridiculous. Like it's such an extreme yeah. jump. It's irrational as hell. The good thing is I can at least say, having experienced love in my life, that love is a very irrational thing. So I'm not completely like, oh my god, how did he do that? But it is annoying still that he did it. And it is uh, frustrating because it, it can be very irrational. Yes, love is extremely irrational. So if there had to be a reason why he fucked up and awaken Thanos, then it's like, well, obviously because of love and love loss. Uh, but to jump back a little bit here. So we skipped over Vormir where he actually gets the, uh, the yeah, soul no, this, stone. This part's important. Very important. Yeah. I, I like this part too, because it's just some more character development for not only Thanos, but also for Gamora. She's, she takes him to where the soul stone is. And he's told that the only way you can have it is by sacrificing a life, but it has to be a life of someone that you, you know, you love that you really care about. And she thinks that shit is so, she thinks that shit is so funny. She's like, you don't care about anybody. So this is, you're fucked. She's like, you know, the universe told you after you ask for a prize that you can't have it. So your plan's over. You're done. You don't love anything. You don't care about anything. And he's crying. And he turns and, around and you can see. And she's tears like, she's like, what are what are you crying about? And he's like, those tears aren't for him. And then she realized, like, I like the the acting where they don't say it. It's just kind of on her face, like the realization, right, of what what it, what it yeah. means. It's kind of that fear. She's like, oh no, oh no. In some fucking way, he really does love her. Like he really does love her like a daughter. Yeah. And yeah. all the things they've been through. Him? And they show the flashback. They show. Um, oh God! Her as a child, flashback. yeah. And when he first went to her planet, and when yep. he murdered half of that planet's population, perfectly balanced as all things should be. And yeah, he he gives her the little dagger. Yep. Um, that flashback is like really crazy, and then you you know comes to where we are, and then you see that whether or not you, the audience, you, the viewer, can understand it, whether or not Gamora can understand it, Thanos does love her and think of yeah. her as a daughter. And even then, unlike Gamora, who wasn't able to make the sacrifice, Gamora saw her sister being tortured, and she, once again, valued one life over the universe. If she just yep. simply said, fuck it, you can torture my sister all you want, I'm not telling you where the soul stone is. Yep. If she just had the, the will that Thanos had, she could have saved the universe. Yep. But she didn't, and then Thanos shows once again that he does have the will to make his ambition come through to any cost. And even though he loves this part and like truly loves, there's no, you can't weasel you as a viewer or an audience member or a critic, you can't weasel around it and go, well, he doesn't really, really love her like a daughter. He does because it's as the evidence is the fact that he gets the soul stone. 
If he yeah. didn't truly love her, and he then he, the universe wouldn't have given him the soul stone. So right. he does truly love her, and then he does truly push forward and make that sacrifice to make his ambition come through and kill her uh, in order to obtain the soul stone. And it's it's a pretty amazing moment in the film and just for his character overall. Yeah, I really... Honestly, when they first got to that to Vormir, I knew where it was going. I felt that. I was like, oh, God, this this is about to go bad. Like, this is about to go so bad. <laughs> I was just waiting because they, they dragged Man. it out a bit. I feel like they definitely, like, dragged it a little. But every viewer probably realized where that shit was going. I was saying the same thing when when I was watching it. I was sitting in my little my my little chair. I watched it on Disney Plus, and when they got there, I was like, "Fuck, man!" I was like, "There's no way this is going to end well." Oh yeah, you knew she was. De- I was like, "She's dead as shit." Yep, you've seen her in several movies now, and uh, that's the end of Gamora. She got sacrificed to the Soul Stone, and so now he has what four stones? He has the power, space. He has a reality, and now he has the Soul Stone. So he's only missing mind and time. And then he teleports to Titan. And this is like, it's probably like the the best part. It's just Thanos on Titan is wild. Like (laughs) it is wild. Uh, They show the the Wakandians. They're kind of preparing themselves for battle. They unite a bunch of different tribes, even ones that they've been warring with. They all come together. (laughs) (laughs) They have one of those moments. So all of the Wakandians come together and they're trying to extract the Mind Stone out of uh, Vision. Sure he is anyway. But, you know, that's just, just, you know, it wasn't going to go the way they want it. And before they can really get it out of him, uh, they start getting attacked by some Thanos alien crew member dudes that just come down and try to start attacking through the force field. And they realize that they're going to go around the force field and apparently come around the back. And there's going to be nothing they can do to stop them from getting the Vision and Shuri and all that. So they open the force field and decide to have an all-out war. And there's like an epic fight scene. At the same time, this is all happening. Thanos is on Titan against Doctor Strange, Spider-Man, Iron Man, Guardians of the Galaxy. And he's whooping their ass, right? Like, I mean, he is just absolutely, (laughs) he's just whooping their ass. It's so many of them. And he's just beating them down. And uh, at one point, they start to get the best of them. They start to, like, I don't know, whatever, quintuple team him. And like sex couple, I don't know. Like they, they are just eventually able to subdue him. The one chick who can put people to sleep on the guard, like the the insect looking chick. Yeah, she she jumps on his head, puts him to sleep, subdues him. But she mentions how it's really hard because he's extremely powerful, and that's when Star looks like, "Where's Gamora?" And the girl, you know, it's also her fault because she tells him, "Oh, he's in, he's in despair. He's he's feeling such a great amount of pain." You know, Gamora's dead. I don't care what anybody says, by the way. Even from Guardians of the Galaxy 2 to this one, I don't like that character. The Which one? The insect girl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I she kind of... Yeah, she kind of creeps me out a little bit. I ain't gonna lie. She's a little bit creepy. But, but yeah, she definitely... Uh, she, she, puts, she puts Thanos under, and Star-Lord decides to do his whole, you know, I'm gonna punch you in the face two times to make myself feel better and end the universe. You could have waited till the gauntlet got off him. Nope. You could have put the gauntlet on and then punched them with the gauntlet. Nope. Had to do it now. Had to do it now. Yep. He wakes Thanos up. Thanos, the gauntlet actually does come off. Spider-Man ends up getting it off, but then Thanos like yanks it back. (laughs) Like it is off. It is completely off of his hand. And Thanos wakes up, snatches that shit back before like it can get away from him. 
and then it just gets what crazy. an incredibly tense moment that's something yes. moments like that are part of what uh i want to call like movie making magic it's where yes. you're watching it and part of you, you knows, don't know what's going to happen yeah part of you knows like they're not going to get the gauntlet right right but you're still watching it like but they might and you're watching it and it's so tense and there's just that that level of drama there it's really well done um i do I love that, the tension in that I know that there's critics out there that say like the Marvel movies aren't movies or films or whatever. I don't know. You guys are old. You guys are fucking old. Yeah. Sorry, not everything's dances with wolves. <laughs> the Shawshank Redemption. Not everything's the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. Like I think the movies are really good. Like I know this is a bit of a side note, but not all the Marvel movies are great. But overall, no. there is not anything that is like this has never been done in history. Like we watched history happen in terms of movies. In terms of cinematic movies that go into theaters and they have these huge budgets, there is not a single other series that has created this big of a connected universe, this many connected movies that all coalesce um, into what Endgame and Infinity War was. Like this was this was a feat and a pretty amazing one. Like I know people are like tired. Oh, I'm tired of superhero movies. I'm tired of superhero movies. That's only because the last ten years we've gotten so many of them, mm-hmm. which is a feat for them because I don't know if people know this or remember superhero movies were laughed at, Like they weren't ever done. Well, they weren't good. Yeah. Were, man. The, the fact that they Batman reached, and Robin who, with Mr. Freeze. Yeah. The who, fact that they reached the budget and just the, the overall critical success that they have is a fucking accomplishment, man. I and mean, they I, are the biggest movies period now, yeah. like now. And, and they were done well. Like I think infinity war, I don't care what you say. I don't care if you have a problem with magical superpowers or whatever. It is a very well-written movie with pretty much not only we're talking about the movie, we've been talking about Thanos a lot. I think an incredibly well-written villain. Yes. And when you put it in context and having seen all the movies prior to it that lead up to it. Yes. It's amazing. It makes it that much more emotional because I, Infinity War is a good movie standalone for sure. But obviously a person watching just Infinity War and not knowing anything else about Marvel is not going to get the full effect Yes. Of how good the movie is. Like, sure, there's a lot of special effects. There's a lot of cool fights. There's a lot of cool uh, one-liners from Thanos and a lot of a lot of good comedy as well. But none of that matters if you don't understand the full story. I think that's what's so beautiful about it. Everyone in that theater has probably seen 99% all, of all. Most. Movies. Yeah. Like, you could have gone without seeing Captain Marvel because she's shit. But everything else... <laughs> And she doesn't even come in the play till end game anyway. Yeah, that's true. Um, like you, yeah, everything else is like really, you know, worth. I said it. when I saw Infinity War. Now, like I said, I watched all the Marvel movies leading up to it. Uh, it took like I don't know, it took a little while because I didn't marathon them like I would like an anime, but I did yeah. watch them um, back to back. And some of them weren't good, right? Like the second Thor movie is probably the worst movie. Period. I think the second <laughs> Thor movie is absolute unplayable it is so fucking bad however infinity war is so good that it's worth it that i think that even if every single movie before it was fucking terrible i i would still say it's worth watching all of them just to watch infinity war now mind you they're not all terrible there are some really great movies before infinity war but i think even if they were all garbage they are all worth watching for how fucking good Infinity War is to me. Because yeah, even, I, I agree with that. Even how bad the second Thor movie was, 
there was things introduced in there and just things that happened in that movie that end up becoming relevant. And so even though in that movie it was trash, when it all came together in Infinity War, you appreciated it. And it's just it's just really well done. It's work yeah. of art. I, I agree. I think that seeing so many movies come up to a culmination like this, uh, really well done. And I am actually really excited for the next arc of Marvel. Like I'm, I yeah. see they're setting up the whole Kang the Conqueror thing now, or whatever is going on, going on. I'm really excited to see like where it all goes for the next. I don't know if it's going to take ten years again, but if it does, I'm down for that. Hopefully, I'll live for the next ten years. But that's always I'm, the scariest thing, right? Like I, like when you you go like, man, I hope I live to see the end of One Piece. Man, I hope I live to see the the end. When Game of, of Thrones, yo, when Game of Thrones was is. getting close to the final season. I was really saying to all my friends, I was like, yo, I know we all have to die at some point, but can it just be after I see all of Game of Thrones? Like, can I just not check out before Game of Thrones ends? And thankfully, I was able to see it, even though it wasn't that good to end. Uh, yeah. I did get to finish it. So that, you know, that was really you know I was scared. You know what's bleak? I've had thoughts like this since I was a kid. I remember I specifically have like a memory. You know, you have sort of these chained memories. You remember exactly where you were. Yes. I Some I memories are very house. strong. Yes. So I remember we used to go to my grandmom's house like a lot. Um, and we would just go there. We would hang out all day. Like, you know, my, my stepmom would be hanging out with her mom and well, all this stuff. Right. And so I'd be hanging out there. I'd, I would usually be hanging out in the basement. Uh, they had like this old school TV with like the dial knobs and shit and antenna. Super old. Anyway, I would just hang out there all the time. And I remember one day something just clicked in my head and I got super sad. And I was like, one day a new Zelda game is going to get made and I won't be alive to play it. Like Zelda is going to outlive me. One, And I was like fucking nine or maybe 11 Damn. when I had, I was very, very young. I was like probably 11 when I had this thought. I remember just sitting there and what I got really baby? sad. I was mm. like, one day there's going to be a Zelda game and I won't be alive to play it. And it's going to be the best Zelda game because it'll be the one that comes out 50 years from now, right? It's going to be even. Dude, I was like 11 having that thought, just getting all depressed and shit. I started feeling this way like in the last five years. I started thinking about my mortality a lot. And yeah, it's crazy. Things like, I think that what's happening to me is that I'm seeing so much greatness unfold. So many things are, I feel like we live in an age because of technology, right? This is the age of technology. We have access to so much information, and I kind of don't want to go anywhere. Like, I kind of just want to. Yeah. Like, I want to live forever now. Like before, it was kind of like, yeah, the world before Google and smartphones, it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. I'm like, I'm very great. Like I want to live. I know there's people that I know people say like you wouldn't want to live forever because you know blah blah blah. I'm like no, I, I want to live forever. Like, yeah, like I, now the I way the world is, the trajectory of the world, I I, I kind of like greedy. it here. Like I like it here. I do. Uh, me too. Imagine being in school. I'm a, I'm an old head now, but imagine I remember playing my Game Boy Advance in school. Man, if I had a Nintendo Switch when I was in school, oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> yeah, and that's what the kids are growing up with now too. It's crazy to think about, but they're growing up with fucking iPhones and Switches. Yeah, when I went to school, it was only half the population had cell phones. Like yes. half of the school kids would have a cell phone, the other half wouldn't. Yeah, but now like they all have an iPad. They all yeah. But, they probably uh, have a better phone than us for sure. But yeah, it's weird. I I, uh, I started thinking about stuff like that really young. Um, unfortunately, like specifically, it was with Zelda. I'll never forget just getting really sad because I was like, man, one day there'll be a Zelda game and I won't be able to play it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen eventually. But um, yeah, not. I guess we're we're far far on a tangent. So let's yeah, a little little deviant. Yeah, you know, we just had to we had to get out of there a little bit. But let's let's bring this back. So 
one of the cool things I think about Thanos' character is that when he does get the Titan, he says something about Ebony Maul. He says, I assume Ebony Maul is dead. And I believe like Spider-Man or somebody kind of gestures in a way that says, yes, like we did kill Ebony Maul. And he said that this day extracts a heavy toll. And it's another yeah. sign of his feeling because a lot of these bosses <sighs> and movies, they'll have these henchmen, but they don't actually care about their henchmen. That's something I always hate so much. I hate that so much. That's whole, always like, the downfall henchmen. of the henchmen. Yes. Is they're like, I don't give a fuck. Like, you know what I mean? Like, they yep. never care. They're like, you were worth nothing to me. And they'll, like, cut their own henchmen's head off. Yep. Eisen did it at one point to the Espada. It's kind of like an annoying trope. And it's in everything. It's not just like a, an anime thing. It's it's You see in everything. The henchmen just are discarded towards the end. But Thanos has the opposite reaction when he finds out that one of his subordinates is killed. He, he does say it. This day extracts heavy toll. Also, him saying this day extracts a heavy toll fucking shocked me because that means that he's been doing all of this work and it's been a day like it is <laughs> infinity war from what i'm understanding at least from that line i could be reading too much into it but from what i'm extracting from that line is that the start of the movie with him beating hulk and then you know going around getting reality stone getting all the other stones this is all in one day's time like this is all within a day and that is wild to me i think it's been a month or two maybe a little more since i watched it i don't remember i i i watched infinity war probably around the time we did like episode three or something of, yeah. of the podcast so it's been a while a little bit since i've seen it however i think it can be interpreted two ways i think either a yes everything happened in one day or b he's specifically talking about that singular day where he because he He's specifically talking about the fact that Gamora and his henchmen died right. that day. And maybe that was, you know, three days in. Yeah, because I don't know. I don't know if Infinity War ever has a scene at night. I'm not sure. I can't I remember. I don't think that. And, and Thanos is also teleporting around like he's not traveling anywhere because <laughs> he start. They, they kind of kill. Uh, they kill transportation in the beginning of the movie, which is good. So that way the pacing doesn't seem weird when Thanos is here. Then he's here. Then he's here. Then he's yeah. here. He has a stone that literally allows him to teleport from fucking planet to planet, moon to moon, wherever he needs to be. So when he's just going from place to place so quickly, it, 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 unlike Game of Thrones, it, it makes sense. It's like, well, yeah, he's using instant transmission. Yeah, he he literally just teleports whenever he's like, I got what I needed here. I don't need to be. He's all about it. He doesn't waste time. He kind of just goes to a place, does what needs to be done, and leaves. He's very in and out. So I could honestly see it all being in one day, but I can also interpret it as. Maybe Gamora and uh, Ebony Maul died at the same, like within the same 24 hour span or whatever it is. But I thought that was really cool that he said that this day extracts a heavy toll because he does care about his henchmen. At least he says he does. And I, I have no reason to doubt I, that. I believe him. I think he's he's a very he's just a character that's written. They in that movie, I don't know, they do a really good job characterizing him. Like he's yes. not I always I'm just think about this. say it. He's just as a side note, you mentioned the comic books earlier. Yeah. You can make whatever argument you want about the comic books being better than the movies. Usually they are. However, I think movie Thanos is way better written than yeah. any version of comic book Thanos. The I've comic book across, Thanos so. is all about death and his love for death. And that's kind yeah. of why he's motivated to do what he does, which I'm not a fan. Uh, I do think that the MCU Thanos is way better than comic book Thanos. For me, like, it's not it, even close. It's not close. I think that this Thanos is so much fucking better than him just being in love with someone and his whole motivation for doing everything that he does is like, oh, 
death. Like I'm, I'm doing this to uh, get the affection of death. I just think that that is, you know, that's cool and all that, but that was also written so long ago. It's fucking outdated. You know, it didn't hold up. Well, I think that this Thanos having an actual agenda besides just his own, Oh, I'm in love with someone is, is way better. Also, it also brings up the same question that death note does for me. Like there's, there's a, there's a Yagami light esque nature to this Thanos, right? There's a, um, yeah. I, I think I'm doing this for the great of everyone. It's not a selfish motivation. It's not a, he's not doing it for himself. Like Thanos's motivation in the MCU is not for Thanos's sake. It is for everyone else's sake in his mind. Like he's, he's doing this to help. He's an incredible example of how there is no excuse. If you're making an, a story, an adventure or whatever, there's no excuse for your villain to be simply, I want to conquer the earth anymore. That's fine for a long time, but he's a great example of like his motivation. Isn't I want to conquer the earth. His no. motivation isn't, I, I want to rule the earth. His motivation no. isn't just, I, his motivation isn't just simply, I want to kill everyone. Like there is a legitimate human motivation, like yeah. writing behind him that makes him a full fledged character. He's not simply a villain for the sake of being a villain of seeing suffering. He's just tired of it. He's seen so much suffering. It's like, it's damn. There's so many comparisons you can make about Thanos here, but like Atachi, right? With the Uchiha clan. So Atachi grew up in a ninja war. He grew up in a time of war. All he saw was death and fighting and that made him hate it. That made him hate the world as it was. So he wanted to change it. And so his resolve was so strong to change it that when his own clan was going to rise up and start a coup, he decided to kill all of them. Like he, you know, conspired with the elders and everything. But essentially, at the end of the day, he made a decision that is extremely wild and hard for most people, I would say, to make, which is to kill his own people in order to achieve what he believes is a greater good. It's the same thing as Thanos, same thing as Yagami Light. Like I'm killing people, yes. And that, you know, you can say what you want about that, but at the end of the day, they're doing it for a reason that they believe is for the greater good. They're not just doing it like, oh, I'm just killing my own clan because I want to be the strongest Uchiha. Like, yeah. I'm, not do- I'm not doing this. So- it's not, so- I want to be the leader of my clan. He's not, he didn't kill the Uchiha clan so that he could then become Hokage. You right. Know what I mean, it like- wasn't anything like that. It's not a selfish motivation. It's more so like, I really, really don't want to see any more fighting. And I also want my little brothers to be safe and protected. And my own clan is about to rise up and I, I can't deal with this. I can't stop them. The only way I can see to prevent uh, a war, a, a civil war is this. And, and, Yes, the method is crazy. It's wild. A lot of people wouldn't agree with it, but it's what he saw at that time as what needed to be done. And Thanos is the same way. What's interesting about it is the idea of what's good and what's evil. Uh, you were about to say something. Go ahead. I, so that also something that's just to, to once again harp on how much I like Thanos' character, how well written he is. Once again, when he does all of this, he he's not asking to then be revered as a god. He's not asking for the universe to worship him. You see at the end of the movie, his after he's completed his task, every, after everything's over, he just lives on a he just wants to go live on a farm. Like he's yeah, not he just wants to, to watch the sunset. <laughs> yeah, he's not trying oh, to be a god. He doesn't want to be the, revered. That is the end of the day. <laughs> the end of the movie is when the sun is setting. Yeah. And yeah, someone, it's true. Someone asked him, What are you gonna do when you're done? And he says, I'm gonna watch the sunset on a beautiful on a on a on a 
beautiful universe or something, something along those lines. Yeah. And I just think it's important. Cause I think a lot of villains would be written where at, like their ultimate motivation for all this is like, they want to be revered as a God. They want to be worshiped by the end of this. And he has no interest in being worshiped. He does truly think what he's doing is the right thing. Right. Whether or not you agree with it is that's, you know, the philosophical argument, but there's not many like seven deadly sins in him. He's more, his sins are more, he's taken virtues and turned them into sins. Yep. Um, which is interesting. Yeah. Thanos isn't a selfish villain that you see that has those uh, really trivial motivations for doing what they do. I think we're past that point with a lot of verses. Now, now that we really examine it, a lot of, a lot of the verses don't want to just rule the world for the sake of themselves or just to be worshiped. That, that whole thing they're they're doing it for, again, I, I keep saying this for what they believe is the right thing to do for everyone. Like even Madara, was going to put the whole world under an infinite Tsukuyomi. The infinite Tsukuyomi was going to be a blissful genjutsu on everybody. It was going to essentially put everybody into a, a state where you're all living your best life. There's no more fighting. There's no more wars. There's no more anything. There's just everyone's having the best time. And, you know, I guess until they eventually die. But uh, it it's what he thought was the right thing to do. Because, again, Uchiha Madara grew up at the same in the same way that Itachi grew up. War, killing, bloodshed, like he saw that and it made him resent the way things are. Thanos grew up in a world where there was poverty and hungry children, which uh, like even, uh, I mean, it, it really does uh, take shots at our own world right now. And when you think about how our world is, we have extreme cases of wealth and then we have extreme cases of poverty. You have people going to space for 11 minutes just because they fucking can. And then you have people who literally cannot afford to eat and their children who are like innocent and you know haven't their lives haven't started and it's really fucked up and sad. And it's like, I don't blame the people who are super rich. It's more so the system is fucked up. Like the the way the world is set up, something needs to be changed about it. And Thanos' way of, of fixing this is like, well, snap, there's gonna be now way more resources. Even though I would say I would be more concerned with after you snap half the population, humans especially are so greedy that I could actually see them hoarding the other half. Like the people who are in power, I could actually see them seizing the other half of resources that are now abundantly left. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's kind of what's happening with the distribution of wealth in the world right now is that the richest people are are hoarding the wealth of the world to themselves. Like they're just, there's so much of it that, you know, if they relinquish some of it, like the world could be a better place. But because they're hoarding so much of it, you know, there's not enough to go around. It's all me, 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 me. It's all me, me. It's all, I want to be on Forbes. I want to be recognized as I'm the richest man. Like, you can't tell me that there isn't some level of ego that goes into being Jeff Bezos and being considered the richest man in the world or being Elon Musk or being Bill Gates. Like, there has to be, no matter how much they say, like, oh, when I die, all my money's going to go to charity and things like that. But you can't tell me that there isn't a part of them that likes the idea of being like, I am the richest man. I mean, even that's part of the ego. (laughs) <laughs> like oh look i fucking i gave it all to charity when i died yeah. like, there is definitely some selfish motivation for just wanting to be you know one of the richest people in the entire world like it's it is one of those really um yeah it's just a really selfish thing to do and Thanos is like well fuck it i'm just gonna end half of it and hopefully there'll be so much resources left that everyone will have some but that that mindset isn't perfect because the people in power now don't even relinquish their the shit that they have, let alone if there so was a random selection hit hit a lot of them. Yes, 
Let's hope so that the top one percent just like we saw that it hit. We it hit Big Dick Nick. All right, like how my boy Nick Fury. Oh yeah, I was like, who the fuck is Big Dick Nick? That's Nick Fury. Yo, do some on Nick Foles because I know Nick Foles is Big Dick Nick too. But yeah, know. but Big Dick Nick Fury, yo, that's my guy. <laughs> he just he just, he got that Big Dick energy. I mean, when he's he, he don't fuck around. <laughs> I like his line at the end when he uh, gets snapped away. And he's he's just Samuel Jackson for a moment, like he's just not even <laughs> he's not even a fury. He's just straight up Samuel Jackson. Oh man, that character that that character was the only good thing about the Captain Marvel movie, in my opinion. Yes. Yep. Yep. So, all right, we're back on Titan now. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up with the pretty much the end of the movie. Now is Thanos throws a fucking moon, and <laughs> I can't get over that. Every time I watch this movie, I can I think, tell. I think that is like the best part to me because. It just scales him so high as far as like, you know, power feats and things like that. Like he casually, and I mean, it's so casual. He raises his hand, reaches back, and you see the moon in the background, and it gets covered in like the blue space energy from the space, the, the space infinity stone or whatever. And I think he uses the stone, uh, the power stone too to crush it. And then he just kind of like waves his arm, and the entire moon breaks apart and starts flying towards Iron Man and everybody else. And <laughs> Iron Man makes a joke. I don't know why Iron Man makes jokes. All the time, but he says, uh, don't you ever throw a fucking moon at me again. (laughs) (laughs) Like they, they square up later and Iron Man is actually holding his own. I I like that part too, where it's Iron Man versus Thanos one V one after, uh, I think Dr. Strange had gotten put down pretty much because he said like, you haven't used your strongest asset yet, you know, but you're full of a bunch of parlor tricks wizard, but you haven't used your best one. And so he beats Doctor Strange pretty quickly after realizing that Doctor Strange doesn't have his actual stone on him. He's like, you know, a, a fake. And then that's when Iron Man comes in. He fights him, and he actually gets a good lick off of Thanos. He gets a nice kick that scars him, and it drops blood, and he's like, all that for a drop of blood. One of, the, one of my favorite yeah. lines as well. And Thanos does what Thanos always does in these situations, where he starts turning up. He just decides that, okay, I'm done playing around now, and he starts beating the shit out of Iron Man. And Tony pulls out like a blade. His armor turns to like a blade on his arm. He goes to stab him and Thanos breaks it off and fucking, ugh, he just gives him a nice disembowelment. Like he just puts it right in his stomach. It's not good. Yep. It's really quick and abrupt too. When I watched that in a movie, I was like, <gasps> like I, I fucking gasped. Fucking moon at me again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, that's something I love about the Marvel movies is that, They've gotten, especially as time went on, they've gotten so good with their quips. Yes. Like, they just talk... Like, it feels like a comic book. Like, the way they talk shit and just kind of yeah, say little stuff. the lines are definitely really good. Like, whoever's writing the lines is doing a good job of uh, <laughs> making them funny, but also making them still in character. Yeah, they're in character. And very rarely, off the top of my head, I can't think of any. I don't think I've ever really cringed at them. Like, I think they're, they're delivered well, because I think you could easily make these lines cringy. I agree. Um, I usually laugh at when when the Marvel movies want to be funny. I laugh. Funny, yeah, yeah same. Actually, funny, same. And uh, that's not that's not easy to do. Just slightly incorrect delivery or just wording the joke slightly off would would just make it come off cringy. But yeah, they do a great job. I don't think I've ever really. I've always. I've almost always laughed when they've wanted me to laugh. Yep. Yeah, I I agree. I think that uh, especially Infinity Wars lines are pretty funny. There was the one scene where Bucky 
comes to, or not Bucky, uh, they they go to Wakanda, and it's that whole part is like, oh, oh, we do not do that here, like, like someone <laughs> someone bows or something like that, like they kind of do like a a bow to the king type of thing after they were told to do it, and then come to find out, like you know. Chadwick Boseman, Black Panther's like, we don't we don't do that here. And it's just one of those funny. It's like quickly delivered, but it's just so funny. I, I like at the um at the what was it? Which movie was it? Um oh it was the Black Panther movie when I think it was the Black Panther movie when the one CIA guy they bring him there to like heal him up. Yeah. And you know at the end of Civil War, they put Bucky there to like heal him. Yeah. And it's uh Black Panther's little sister. She's like, oh, we have another white man here. <laughs> like she says something like that. She does. Like, she like another white boy. Like, yeah, they just the straight up don't care. It's so fucking funny. I love Shuri. Oh um, man. Yeah, it, it, it's it's pretty well done. They, yeah, the only uh, person who doesn't crack any jokes is Thanos. He does not. In fact, I think after he stabs Tony, he says, you know, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna cut the population in half, and he says, I hope they remember you. Like he's he's very solemn. The entire time. He's always like solemn. Like if I could see him being on solemn judgment. Also, like he like Tony Stark, for example, gained Thanos' respect. Like that's a feat for Tony Stark, but it's also characterization for Thanos. Like yeah. you see that he's not unfeeling in all of these different examples. Yep. Uh Tony Stark and all of his ambition, because Tony Stark's the guy that I think he's similar to Thanos, where he and I, Thanos recognizes this in him. He is a guy that would sacrifice for the goal. Yeah. Like if if he's that was there and you know had the gun, the Gamora, like there wouldn't have like he would have pulled the. I mean, eventually Peter Quill does pull the trigger, but Tony would have pulled it a lot quicker. Like, yeah. You're not the only one cursed with knowledge. I love that line. It's so good. Uh, that line. That line is so good to me because I always say in in real life, you know, about about real life, not just fantasy, but. I do feel like intelligence is a bit linked to despair. The, and is that I the more like you know, ignorance is bliss. That's right? why I say ignorance the, is bliss. Common, it's a common yep. term. Yep. That is a common thing that you hear. Ignorance is bliss. And, it, and it, I kind of feel like it, the inverse of that is that intelligence is linked to despair. The more, you know, usually the more depressed or sad you'll be when you realize how fucked up everything really is. Because and, uh, it's also linked to the, you. The smarter you get, or the not even necessarily just pure smart, like the more yeah. you just learn. Yes. Right? Regardless of your IQ, the more you learn, you also learn how little you can do about the things that you're learning. Yep. So when he says you're not the only one cursed with knowledge, I was like, damn that the word cursed is so key in that sentence. Like I, I, I don't know. I love that. I could quote Thanos all day. Oh, for sure. Um, but yeah, after all that for a drop of blood, he, you know, he's about to literally kill Tony. And then that's when Dr. Strange gives up the time stone. And at this point, when I'm, as I was watching the movie, it's already been, I think you're past the two hour mark now. So it's, it's very in the row. I started to realize, oh God, this is going to end bad. Yeah. When they lost on Titan, I already had my thoughts before I, I was thinking like, okay, I don't know how they're going to come out of this. But when they <laughs> lost on when they lost on Titan, he had five five of the six stones. I realized, oh, like this movie is going to end dark. Now, what's really cool is that I didn't have much time between realizing after he got the time stone that it was going to end dark and it actually ending dark. There wasn't much time in between. Well, the you were second, saying how you were mentioning the teleporting. Go ahead. It, yo, it's the, not fair. This the, like the second. Oh my God. 
the second he gets the fucking time stone, uh, Star Lord starts shooting him, and he just he just dips. He takes like two shots in the back. Also, Thanos' throwability is crazy. Like I don't know what he's made out of, but whatever race he is or whatever the fuck he actually is, it's really durable. He could take a lot of hits, a lot of beatings. I think he only bled that one time when he got kicked by Tony's fucking nanotechnology new suit. Um, but he dips. He goes. He goes straight to and Wakanda. He's on Earth, like there's not, there's not any delay. There, he's there. Like it's just next scene. He's in Wakanda. It's yes. like, what the it's fuck? Immediate, and not just so to be even more specific, he is in front of Wanda and Vision. Mm-hmm. Like, like he appears, and the music changes to that like doom, doom. Like it does that whole thing, and he's like walking forward, and everybody's looking at him, and immediately Captain America and everybody try to, you know, attack him, Bucky and everybody, and he just waves his hand, and you see the uh, power stone activate, and you see all the purple energy come out, and he just fucking throws these people up against trees and shit, and no one can stop him. Wanda starts to hold them off at one point because she's you know at this point now she's showing how powerful she really is because the stakes are extremely high, and uh, she's about to you know kill visions mind stone and she eventually does it and she's crying and thanos walks up to her and says now's no time to cry now's no time at all <laughs> and then he just reverses time which i think is probably i know i say this a lot guys but i'm sorry it's probably one of the coolest scenes in the movie like it's so good when he just puts the the green you see the green energy activate on his arm and he twists the, the little clock thing backwards and you start to see all of the explosion of visions you know, head and stuff come back together. And then the forest like lights up that bright color of the mind stone. It comes back into his forehead and uh, yeah, then he just picks him up, chokes him out, takes the stone out of his head and that's it. Now in between all of that, there was a cool scene where Thor came out with his Stormbreaker, and he, he was fucking shit up in Wakanda. And then there's that part where right after Thanos gets all six infinity stones. Now he comes out of nowhere, Thor comes out of nowhere, throws the Stormbreaker down, hits Thanos in the chest real nice. I thought it was cool when I watched it back before this podcast. Uh, so Thanos is using all of the Infinity Stones to like, like try to shoot. He's shooting like this big laser of energy at the Stormbreaker coming down towards him. And it doesn't stop it. No, and it, it kind of goes back to what we were saying about like Peter Dinklage character being able to make weapons that are, I guess, way too powerful. Because the fact that it went through six Infinity Stones of energy, whatever the fuck Thanos was shooting, like yeah. it went through all of that and it still went through his chest like that is... A crazy feat for Thor, honestly. Uh, but then when he lands and he's like, I told you I will get my revenge or whatever. And he's like, you should have aimed for the yeah, head. For the and, head. Then he, and then he snaps. And uh, as soon as he snaps, Bucky, Black Panther, Groot, oh. Wanda, Falcon, Spider-Man. I feel like this scene is forever. I feel like 10 minutes of the movie is just watching people disintegrate. Oh, I sat there in the movie theater. Well, not just me. My movie theater was so quiet. My movie theater, <laughs> I went first day. Like the first night, so it would have been probably a Thursday night, because uh, movie came out like movies usually come out. On I apologize if you can hear that bang. Just, yeah, I, for whatever reasons, somebody's lighting off fireworks. Like I don't. It's is September. that what that is? Yes, it's September fifth. Like I don't understand. I mean, I'm, unless somebody's getting shot. Like I don't, shit. like I don't really understand why people are letting off fireworks. It's I don't know. I hear it now too. I mean, we, I'll, I'll just wait a little bit, but um. Yeah, because it was so loud that I couldn't believe that was like nearby. Yeah, I, I don't know. it's a rant. I think that mud is settled. So yeah, it sounds like a settled. But yeah, he 
he gets rid of so many people, most of the Guardians of the Galaxy. And that, that scene, so like I was saying, my theater was so, so quiet. And it's really crazy because I remember hearing a girl crying behind me after Spider-Man died, specifically. Like when Spider-Man said, Mr. Stark, I don't feel so well. Oh my God. And then when he hugs, like he hugs, he hugs Tony and he's saying, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. I started to tear up a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Cause I wasn't ready for that. Like I, again, when he gets the time stone, I realized that the movie was going to end like in a, in a bad way for the, for the good guys, but you don't have much time after that. Like he teleports, he takes the fucking mind stone and he snaps. And it's, it's really like, honestly, after he gets the time stone, it's probably like less than 10 minutes. It's really less than 10 minutes before the movies snap. And everybody's dying. Oh man, it's so bad. Like it's it's rough. Yeah, it's rough. I heard stories about. I didn't see it in theaters, obviously, but I heard stories about like kids walking out of that theater crying yes. and like parents being mad because they're like, "I just fucking showed like I just let my son watch Spider Man die." Like he's crying. Yeah. <laughs> that was a big complaint online too. And actually, so I saw Infinity War five times in theaters when it came out because. I kept going with different people who hadn't seen it. And every time somebody would say, have you seen it? I was like, yes, do you want to go? And I would just go every time. Um, and no, like, no, I, I love the movie so much that every time I saw it, it just was still so good because the person I was with doesn't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So I got excitement from watching their reaction, especially Ugh. at the end. Like when everyone started to, to get snapped away, there's just something about the silence in the theater and the sadness that it, it kind of brings to everybody out. Cause I wanted to make sure it wasn't just me. Like I wasn't the only one that was sitting there simping for Spider-Man and everybody else who had died. I mean, black Panther dies for God's sakes. Like, come on. It's it's. Oh. They took Groot. How you going to kill Groot? How you going? But side note, I think I mentioned this on another episode. I still don't understand why Vin Diesel is Groot's voice actor. Like I don't understand. Cause Vin Diesel <laughs> has a budget attached to his name. Like yeah. you don't need Vin Diesel to say I am Groot. Like anybody could have did that job. Like I could have just anybody could have did that job. That that is who does Groot's voice. Like that it's is so random. That is wild to me. But um, but no, that that ending scene and when they're all disintegrating is painful to watch. And then you start to like that's part of what makes Infinity War not only the best Marvel movie, but just an incredible movie overall. Um, you can compare it to Empire Strikes Back. The second Star Wars movie, otherwise known as Episode Five, but most people like the the prevailing consensus is that Empire Strikes Back is the best Star Wars movie. And part of what makes Empire Strikes Back such an incredible movie is everything it builds up to, and then where it ends. It ends in such a somber note. It doesn't end with the heroes winning the day. It ends. Right. It ends in a dark spot. And when I was watching Infinity War. That's what I realized. I was like, oh my fucking God. This is Empire Strikes Back times a hundred. Yeah. I think it's way better than Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, yeah. Clearly. But I don't think that that's, vein, that's not a hot take. It's that vein. It's like it's what made Empire Strikes Back so fucking good. Yep. Is and it's crazy to me, because now we have Infinity War and we had Empire Strikes Back. It's crazy to me that there's not more movies that try like these two movies as highly regarded as they are, it should show, I guess, Hollywood. That hey man, like you can take risks sometimes. Like you don't have to end all of your movies the same way. Like there's so many movies that follow the exact same formula, and movies like this I think show like hey, like you you can kill Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, which is wild. 
<laughs> you can also kill Black Panther, who had just come out. Like they took so many characters. I think the only people who really survive are the original Avengers. I think the original Avengers are all intact, and everyone else is dead. Pretty much. Like Tony, the Hulk. Uh, I'm pretty sure Black Widow's fine. Um, Thor. Like the original yeah, Black Widow and Hawkeye are fine because they have that amazing moment in the next movie. Yep, Captain America's fine. So the original Avengers are left unscathed, but all the Avengers pretty much that are not of the original cast. Even I even thought it was cool that Scarlet Witch died because you can see it in two ways. One, if she lives, she has to live with her failure or whatever you want to call it to have maybe killed Vision earlier before. I don't know if Thanos. I don't know how far back the time stone can go. So I don't know if she would have killed him earlier in the movie. Would it have mattered? Um, but she killed him at such a late moment where it clearly didn't matter. And she, she would have to live with that if she didn't get snapped away. But then after vision gets killed, she also gets killed. And I think that that's such a, it's like really dark. It's like, damn, like both of y'all got off. Like y'all both got off. Like Thanos is cold. Like Romeo and Juliet. He is cold, man. That is a cold man. He's cold. He is fucking cold. And the end of that movie is literally him like on some random planet watching the sunset and sitting down like he said he would just and it's a and beautiful he would, ending and he said he would smile too he he it's like a slight smile you see creep across his face and that is i i love it i love the end of infinity war I, it is so good to me i love movies where the bad guy wins um because you don't see it very often but not just because it's different it's also how you get to that point. And I think the way they got to it was so cool. It's the ultimate. Uh, if you want something done right, do it yourself. Like Thanos have been trying to get these fucking Infinity Stones collected by his henchmen and all of these other movies for 10 years. Right. And they fail. Hmm. Like they fucking fail. And then one day, Thanos just decides, okay, I've had enough. I'm just going to do it myself. And he just literally gets all six. Like he just decides I'm going to do it myself now. And he gets all six immediately. It's something special. It is really and like crazy. you said. It's not just it's not just cool because the bad guy wins at the end. And by the way, we're saying bad guy pretty much in quotes because yes. I I think the argument is philosophical. He's it the is. antagonist of the movie. Whether yep. or not that makes him the bad guy is yep. up to your interpretation. Yeah, because I'm I'm a Thanos sympathizer. So um, so that said though, it's not just that the bad guy wins at the end. It's like you said. It's everything that built up into it. it it's just. If it was just if Thanos was a really shitty written character and he wasn't all that interesting and he won at the end, this movie would not be well regarded. It, it wouldn't be what it is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love. Like if I Thanos was Red Skull from the first Captain America movie, like right. nobody would fucking like Infinity War. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you need a convincing villain, <clears throat> and I I really do like his resolve and everything. I I like. I don't know. I just like his ambitions and I like how serious he was about him. I like that he could be talked out of it at any point. Like no one could say anything to him that made his resolve waver. There was no talk, no jutsu for Thanos. Like he could nah, come across there's Naruto. There's no talk, no jutsu. Yeah. He can come across Naruto and nothing would happen. Like it, it would be a rant. He would just be like, once yeah, you, no. once you kill your own daughter, like you're not talking me out of this. No, I'm, I can't be talked. That's no, I, you know what? I'm not even going to get into it. Yeah, there's some characters that got talked no jutsu that makes no fucking sense. Yeah, because I was about to say even characters who didn't necessarily lose their daughter, but they still like lost a lot or their resolve had been the way. If your resolve has been a certain way for, I don't know, several, 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 several years, and all it takes is one person to say, "Well, my idea of peace is this," and that's enough to change your mind. It's like, well, damn, one that was sixteen-year-old. 
That was all yeah, it took. Like, that was it. Like no one said that shit to you before. Like no. <laughs> like no. No one said you're walling. Like no one. No one said like yo, bro, you walling right now. Like you can't yeah. just do all this. Like no one said it, that it, to you. It feels hollow. Like if Thanos got talk no jutsu, it would feel it would feel hollow. Like there's no I'm way. glad that in both movies, Thanos is all about that life. <laughs> like, yeah. He, but yeah, we're gonna do a podcast about Endgame as well as a Yeah, we'll definitely do a full episode on Endgame and then a full episode on Age of Ultron too, which will be interesting because that might be one of the first episodes where me and Fraser will blatantly disagree. Yeah. I have to watch it again, which is gonna be annoying. Um <laughs> So that episode will not be happening anytime soon. I'll tell you that right now because I am not enthusiastic yeah, about that. That's going to be a winter episode. Like when we're all in a house, because it's cold as shit. Yeah. And I'm already binging a bunch of different things. and I need something to watch out. We, we'll definitely pull that out. But but the, the immediate one is Endgame. There's like a five-year time skip of everyone being snapped away and how wild. that affects people. When that movie starts it's like five years later, I'm like, what the yeah. fuck? I really like that. Uh, and we, we're going to – so in, the Endgame – podcast episode i feel like it's going to be a lot more in the idea of what the world would be like if that actually happened like how would we feel like me and kenny if we were part of the people who didn't get snapped or whatever and and half the population died and like certain people that we knew died or whatever um how that would impact us and just living in a world where you know half the population just got snapped out of existence like what how would that affect you because as we saw at the end of infinity war the snap is violent uh there were people in helicopters and shit and you saw it crashing like i remember when uh nick fury before he called captain marvel there's like cars, the cars crashing, just, yeah and there's a helicopter i'm pretty sure that crashes into a building yeah so i was like nope. okay i know thanos was like you know it's gonna be random and all that shit but it's also catastrophic when it happens like it's because like, you know too random bro like yeah like <laughs> like like come on <laughs> like you killed more than half because as half of the people died, yes. their cars and shit killed the people. <laughs> yes. And helicopters. And think about the planes in the sky. So, so you know. I was like, uh, this isn't, this isn't just like half the population. It's also, like, te- it's, a, it's a terrorist attack. Yeah. He went for five tenths, but he ended up with like six tenths. Yeah. You know, like, yeah couple, he got a little extra. He definitely got a, a bonus round. But right, I think we're, uh, are we good to wrap up? Yeah. I mean, I think we did good. I'm sure, you know, it'll, this movie will get mentioned when we talk about Endgame and I'm sure we'll bring it up in other instances, but I think for now we covered we covered a lot most most of what I can think of. We covered basically the whole script, and then we also went into some of the interesting philosophical points. So I think we're good for now. All good right, well, this wraps wrap up episode 16 of the I Am There podcast on Infinity War. Hope you guys enjoyed this, and I want to give a shout out to our patrons over at Patreon. So we have High Lion, Xavier, Garen, Quest, Nathaniel, Austin, and Connie. We appreciate Hylian, you guys so much. Way. What'd you say? Isn't it Hylian? Oh, I said hi. I said hi. You know what it is. So this is something from my childhood where I pronounced certain things incorrectly uh, without just, knowing yep. it. Yes, 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 yes. So one of the other they didn't ones, have voice acting back then. No, and I used to say so uh, just... Chocobo, Chocobo. I used to say Chocobo or Chocobo when it was you know Chocobo from Final mm-hmm. Fantasy, and then I you know found out that it's not. Chocobo or whatever. I think I used yeah. to say Chocobo. I used to say I want to ride a Chocobo. And you know, you found out the real name of it. Hylian, or however you say this. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry if I pronounced it incorrectly, but when I was a kid, I used to say Hylian as what you would call like Link. Like I would say he's a Hylian. Yeah, and, yeah. And uh, it just kind of stuck with me. So when Kenny just said that, 
it made me realize like, holy shit, I've probably been saying this wrong my entire life because I grew up on Zelda, at least Ocarina of Time. And uh, that's how yeah, I've that happens. Been it. Those early games, we, we fucking taught ourselves how to read yes. playing these, playing these games. They did not have voice acting. So there's definitely words that there's words that I learned. Thanks to these games. There's definitely words I did not say correctly. Yeah. <laughs> so. so yeah, Hylian, Xavier, Garen, Quest, Nate, Austin, Connie. Thank you guys so much for subscribing to our Patreon. We appreciate the fuck out of you because it is not free to start a podcast. It does cost money and we appreciate you guys supporting us so that we can do this. Yeah. The help, the help definitely helps. (laughs) The help definitely helps. (laughs) Uh, But no, it's, it helps. And uh, it not only does it help obviously monetarily to keep run, it helps uh, motivationally. Yeah, it does. Actually, it does. It makes it feel like we're actually doing something. I mean, I don't think people will come out of their pockets. if They didn't genuinely enjoy this. So that also, like you said, it, it kind of gives us validation too that we're doing something right. I mean, you guys are rocking with us. You know, we get a, a good amount of views and everything on each episode, which is fucking fantastic. This podcast is a little over a month old now. And that's right. The and, feedback um, has been great. We've been doing some work behind the scenes. There's definitely going to be uh, some uptick on some different YouTube things. So yep. there's cool stuff to look forward to. Spotify, Patreon, YouTube. Check it all out. It's a good time. All right, well, without further ado, stay black and protect your magic. No, I'm kidding. Bro, what? <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>